Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Early Read Betside. It's College Football Betting Show. I'm your host, Reed Wallach, talking week nine college football, pushing double digits before you know it. Uh, we got a great show planned today as I'm joined by my fearless leader. If you've been on the Betsided YouTube page before, the Betsided website, it's Ben Heisler, managing editor of Betside. Ben, joining to help a fellow, a fellow Big Ten struggling fan here. I'm a Wisconsin grad. Ben is a Indiana fan. Uh, it's pretty dark here, but we're talking some Big Ten football today. Our marquee matchup is Ohio State, Penn State. So hopefully, you know, we'll talk about some of the better teams in the Big Ten. Um, we got a bunch to get to, though. That's our marquee matchup. Ben is going to bring up his underdog round robin that has been heating up. Uh, we're going to talk some early leans there. We got a bunch of bets to give out. I got like nine or ten. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Ben, thank you for joining the show, man. I really appreciate it. How's it going? I'm, I'm excited to be here, Reed. Excited to uh, talk about the season that is Big Ten football. I, it's fascinating. Like All these different contracts are up for, for the Big Ten going to the next few years. All these major television networks are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to watch, you know, 10-7 defensive battles, <laughs> lots of running. Like, the SEC is still available. Like, unless mm-hmm. ESPN just has the full market share on them, I don't know why everyone is rushing to grab the Big Ten purely other than market share. It's it's one of those situations where you're watching Big Ten football, you know you're kind of in, like, this weird cult of we're yeah. going to stick with it, we're going to hang with them, but we might as well because – that's kind of where we're stuck here. Yeah, see, I think it's going to be even funnier in a few years when USC joins and you're going to see USC travel to Bloomington in like the second weekend in November and you're going to see Lincoln Riley with this this face. Just like, what am I doing here? Like, we had to leave the Pac-12. We had to leave sunny California to go to the middle of nowhere, middle America to go play Indiana. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, me and you have a special place in our heart for Big Ten football. Um I- 
And, I've also, yeah. I was going to say really quickly too, Reed. I, I always joke that the one time that I would ever go and make an annual visit to the Rose Bowl was if Indiana ever got good enough at football to make the Rose Bowl game. Well, now I don't have to wait anymore. I can just yeah. wait until they play UCLA and just go ahead and just completely cheat the system. Yeah, no, I listen, now you have an excuse, but we're going to talk though about a team that is probably far, far, far from Indiana and Wisconsin in terms of how they play. And that's Ohio State, arguably the best team in the country. We're going to catch people up to speed with some Ohio State before their big matchup against Penn State. A uh, little preview action there and then our marquee matchup. But just a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, four and three week for the early read picks from yours truly. We're now 35, 27 and one against the spread on the year with our picks. So well, I had a schedule here last week. I mean, Oklahoma State winning outright, didn't get the line. They ended up winning, uh, you know, a thriller there. But while you're here, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe to the Bets Eye YouTube page. Almost at a thousand subscribers, so would really appreciate that. If you're listening on podcast form after the live show, like it, give it five stars, whatever it is, leave a review. Really appreciate that. Let's talk some Buckeyes, though. Let's get into it here. Um, going into the year, Ben, I said. I'm not sold on Alabama just yet. I think that there's still a lot of questions to answer. And I am still pretty bullish on Georgia, the reigning national champions, and Ohio State. I thought Ohio, you know, Ohio State had a chance to be the best team in the country if the defense took a step forward under first-year defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. And, uh, well, they have. <laughs> they are arguably the best offense in the country and the best defense in the country. They are fifth in yards per play allowed on the defense side of the ball and first in yards per play on offense. Um, We'll start with the offensive side of the ball. I mean, C.J. Shroud, Heisman favorite. We know what he's going to do. Maybe the number one pick in the draft next year. Over 2,000 yards already, 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. Oh, and did I tell you that, you know, the dark horse, everyone's favorite preseason pick for the Heisman, Jackson Smith and Jigba receiver, he's hardly played with a hamstring issue. So, um, you know, this offense has been at half capacity almost for most of the season, and they're still carving up everybody. Um, but it's really the defense to me that makes that this team a national championship contender. Um, top five in success rate, third in EPA per play on the defensive side of the ball. Jim Knowles really has this defense humming. And now, you know, they look like to me the most um, flawless team in the country. You know, listen, they haven't been tested just yet, but this right. is a team that is well-rounded on both sides of the ball and can handle a physical Georgia team on defense and try and lock you down. But they could hit you with explosive plays in the offensive game, you know, really becomes really difficult to see. You know, friend of the program, Parker Fleming at Stats of War on Twitter, he does his weekly success rate and EPA charts. Um, bottom left, you're really bad. You're the worst team in the country. Top right, you're the best team in the country. There may be like 10 teams in like that top right category, but all the way on the tippy top of the right for the best offense and the best defense, it's Ohio State. So, you know, I know they're going up against maybe some limited offenses, and we're going to see how it goes this weekend. But to me, this Ohio State team is the best team in the country, and I think we're going to see that play out in the college football playoff. And I think right now they're the rightful favorites. I know they're both plus 180 with Georgia um, and Bama at plus 350. But to me, Ohio State is the best team in the country, mainly because of the steps forward on the defensive side of the ball. Ben, I know I just gave a long-winded, really just crowning this Ohio State team. Any pushback, any thoughts you wanted to talk about before we get into this game preview against Penn State? Not particularly. I know that there's some folks that might say, well, Michigan is going to give them another test this year. Certainly Georgia could be in the conversation amongst those teams with Ohio State. But but looking over, I, I, I like using a lot of the numbers from, from team rankings and IQ, and uh, they have a lot of good predictive models that I, I like to reference throughout the course of, of times where I'm betting on college football or just try to get a better sense of, of mm -hmm. where a lot of these teams are. So last five games, number one in their power rankings, 
number one in away games, number one in home games, conference games. They rate up near the top. Um, they've also been the best second half team in college football this year. Luck rating, they've actually been far above average, coming in 58th um, in, in college football this year. So they haven't relied on opportunistic plays that have only worked out in their favor. And they're consistent. Like they're blowing out teams in the second half. There hasn't been any game with the exception of maybe early on against Notre Dame in the first week of the season that's made you wonder whether or not this is a top tier team. CJ Stroud is taking that next step. Like there wasn't that game that they had last year against Oregon where all of a sudden you're trying to figure out, okay, which Ohio state team are we going to see? And like you mentioned too, Reed, the defense have taken substantial yeah. strides in the right direction. They will take blitzes on you. They'll be able to send only three or four guys in on the rush. Uh, there's just so many difficult ways to try to figure out how to beat this team that even on a road game coming up at Penn state in a very difficult environment, they're not phased by any of it. They just go about their business and they keep blowing out teams and it really doesn't get much more difficult. Obviously the Penn state game this week, but then it's at Northwestern home against Indiana at Maryland. And then you have the Michigan game. And I just don't see any possible traps that slow them down the rest of the way. Maybe if they face an sec team like Georgia, it becomes a different story. Maybe the speed is a little bit more difficult to handle, but I don't know if there's anybody that's knocking them off their perch right now because I think they have the edge at quarterback and it edged a lot of the different skill positions as well. Yeah, I think it's funny. Like, you know, our marquee matchups are typically centered around, you know, the competitive matchups and teams like Ohio State and Georgia, they just blow out so many teams and they're so far superior that right. we don't really talk about it as much anymore. You know, I haven't really brought up Ohio State that much on this show just because they're so much better than their competition. Maybe they haven't been challenged all that much and we will see a tough road test. This will be their toughest game to date for sure on the road. I still think Ohio State is head and shoulders above this Penn State team. And before we give out our best bets for this Ohio State-Penn State game, you know, set the stage for this one. Ohio State, a 15.5-point favorite, total of 61. Um, I have went on record. I do not believe in this Penn State team. I bet against them against Michigan. They got boat raced. I don't think that this team is very good. And, you know, my preseason talk, I thought that this was a transition year for the Nittany Lions. I know they have a nice record and they're ranked, um, you know, inside the top 15. But – Sean Clifford, six-year quarterback, I mean, just stale. I think that the defensive line has shown it can be run on. We saw that against Michigan. They just, you know, spam, run plays with Tom and Edwards and Blake Corum. I think Ohio State could find similar success here. I think Penn State is a good team, but they are a far cry from an elite team. And I think that Ohio State is going to pass this test with flying colors. Um, again, are they going to win? Sure, because they're, you know, laying two touchdowns or more. So, you know, I'm not saying much. So, in terms of finding value on this game against, in my opinion, uh, fraudulent Penn State team. Um, ben, I'll go to you first for your best bet. Are you going to lay it with the Buckeyes? You're looking at the total, you know, an upset pick maybe. What do you got? Yeah, I, I thought about it from the perspective of whether or not Penn State can, can neutralize Ohio State's offense, at least in the early portion of the game, because Penn State at home has been a much better defensive team, at least, mm. at least under James Franklin. We'll get to that in just a second. But I, I just don't like the number. Right now, on either side, a little bit more than two touchdowns. If I had a choice, if I had to take a side either way, I'd probably lean towards Penn State maybe in the first half. As I mentioned, Ohio State's been the best second-half team in college football this year. But I, I'm going with the under at 61. Uh, this is just kind of what James Franklin does in Penn State games at home in the Big Ten. Um, since arriving at Penn State, home conference unders for the Nittany Lions are 41-33-1. That's hitting at just mm -hmm. under 56% of the time. And that's been the case in this matchup too, Reed. The under's gone 3-0-1 in their last four head-to-head -head matchups, 6-2 and two to the under in the last eight games at Beaver Stadium. I know that Ohio State has the sensational playmakers 
all across the field. We know that CJ Stroud can sling it, but you mentioned the defense. The defense is outstanding as well, allowing just four opponent yards per play, uh, 0. 0.0 or 0. 0.25 points per play and 24.5% uh, allowed on third down. Like for a, a Penn State offense that neither of us really believe in for a sixth year quarterback, that was basically their, their only option this year that they felt that they had to rely on. It's just not enough for me to feel like this is going to be a game that has a lot of points, particularly from the Penn State side. And both of these defenses have been really quality throughout the course of the year. So give me the under at 61 today. Yeah, uh, full agreement here. My best bet on this game is also the under 61. 61, a you know fairly key number in uh, betting college yeah. football total. So I would say try and secure that 61. But I agree with you. I think that James Franklin knows what this offense can do, or should I say can't do. I don't think he's going to try and go shot for shot with – um, this Ryan Day, CJ Shroud offense. I think he's going to try and slow this game down. And I don't think he's going to get much, but I think he's going to take the air out of the ball and limit Sean Clifford's ability to make mistakes. <laughs> I think that, you know, Spencer Petras last week, I mean, several pick six. I mean, Ohio State put up 50 points. They uh, didn't even need to get 400 yards of total offense. So I think Penn State knows that they need to try and establish the run, try and slow this game down and give themselves a shot late. I think that, like you said, they're going to run out of like real estate and they're going to let go of the rope by the end of it. But, um, you know, I think we're looking at an under game. Ohio State's offense is obviously amazing, number one in yards per play, but they don't play very fast. You know, right around 100, uh, right around 100th in fastest tempo in the entire country. Penn State is a fantastic secondary. They are top 20 in EPA per pass. They have future pros in the secondary, like Joey Porter Jr. Um, I think that Penn State's going to limit the explosive plays. And also another one, we saw this in the Michigan game. Uh, Penn State, you know, really good inside the red zone at limiting touchdowns, making those touchdowns into field goals. Yep. Again, it's Ohio State, so it's definitely a step up in competition, but – you know, one or two drives, you know, field goals inside the 40, uh, that this total ends up going sideways really quickly. Um, Penn State top five against red zone touchdown rate. So really, really strong, uh, you know, defense in tight. Um, I think this game goes really slow. I think, like you said, Penn State could keep it close early and then Ohio State pulls away late. I think that, you know, this looks like something, you know, similar to that Michigan score, 41-17, honestly, because Penn State's offense did nothing against Michigan. And this Ohio State team is much better. Penn State had a 60-yard run from Clifford that set up a touchdown and a pick six. That was it. That was it for the offense. So I don't think Penn State is going to end up holding on. I'm not looking to back over two touchdowns, though. I like the under. There is our Penn State-Ohio State preview right there. Let's bring up that recap graphic. Yep, me and Ben seeing eye-to-eye to to start the show off. We'll see if that keeps up. Uh, We're both on the under 61 as our best bet. Again, that 61 is kind of a key number, so make sure you get that in. Um, So we go from, you know, talking about high-level – national championship aspirations teams. And now we're going to go to the trust me section of this uh, show where I, 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 listen, I take some gross bets, Ben, you're on a gross bet too. Um, we're taking two of maybe the worst teams in the FBS relative to expectations here. So uh, Ben, give me your handicap here on Temple Navy. Yeah. And and the good news is that you're going to be able to watch one of these nasty matchups. I think this is a, a three thirty Eastern game on CBS Sports Network this week. I I will take the Temple Owls at plus 13 and a half. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm pissed I missed 14 yesterday. I was staring at it and I missed it. It moved to 13 and a half. I agree with you. Yeah, and I still think 13 and a half is a reasonable number. Um, I, I think if you kind of project this game out, uh, you're looking at Navy maybe winning by about a touchdown or so. So I think you're getting really good value uh, getting close to this number is 14. And even at some books, you can get it at plus 13 and a half, minus 104 if you want to bet it up to that number of 14, get it at maybe minus 120, you certainly have the option to be able to do so. So 
Let's talk about Temple because they're a team that actually forced a few turnovers last week against a Tulsa team that I'll, I'll talk about in just a little bit. A team that I think is live as a, as a short home dog this week against SMU. Uh, one note that I saw from uh, from Circa over in Las Vegas, there was a massive move in this game towards the under, like to the point where they actually had to put limits on the bets for this game. And a lot of times, not always, we just talked about the fact that we both like Ohio State, but we're also on the under for Penn State. But a lot of times, often, Reid, you know this, uh, moves to the under tend to favor the underdog here. Um, Temple, 61st in opponent points per play. Uh, Navy is 113th. So you're going against a questionable defense for Navy this year. Uh, and the question will be, can, can the Owls just get anything going offensively? You know, they're bottom three right now in college football and points per play. But we also know that Navy is an incredibly one-dimensional team. So if you take away what Navy is able to do well, or at least contain them to a certain extent, uh, Temple's defense has been good enough to the point where I think they can keep this game close as opposed to getting blown out from what Navy is able to do with their triple option with a lot of the running plays that they have. Uh, it feels like it's just too many points in favor of a Navy team that might be a, I want to call them fraudulent, but in this particular matchup against a Temple defense that's been opportunistic, I think that trend continues into this week, and I think it's too many points. So, yeah, give me Temple at plus 13.5 at minus 104 uh, the last time I checked it at the sportsbooks. Yeah, uh, Navy, friend of the program, uh, the midshipman. We bet them as underdogs, though. We do not bet them as favorites. I don't have the figure up in front of me, but I know triple option teams that are laying double digits are, you know, one of the worst bets you can make historically. It doesn't mean that that's going to hit this time, but, you know, historically, if you're playing the numbers out, you know, this isn't a team that's going to run away and hide. You know, they play slow. They can't explosive plays. The drive sometimes takes seven, eight minutes. So, yeah, I think Temple, a team that has been putting up fights, you know, not every week, but some weeks, uh, you know, they got the cover home last week against Tulsa at home. Um, I think Temple could stay inside this number. This is a bet I am looking at. I got to do a little bit more work, hope it maybe ticks back up to 14, but I don't uh, disagree there. My bet, um, we backed him last week. We're going back to the well. And this one's really, it was gross last week. This one's like really, really gross now. <laughs> Cal catching 17 and a half against Oregon. If you watched like the big games last week, you watched Oregon just run up and down the field on UCLA. They put up 45 points. They put up 40 points every game since they lost to Georgia in week one. Well, I, I'm going to go against them here with Cal uh, just to bring up the numbers from last week. Cal, 23-9-1 um, against this present underdog under coach Justin Wilcox. This is the exact spot where he thrives. Covered last week against Washington, seven-and-a-half point dogs. They lost by seven. Had a chance to tie it late. Um, when you extrapolate that number even further, 17-3 and three as a touchdown or more underdog. So when you're catching seven or more with Justin Wilcox, he has hit 17 out of 20 times now after last week. I mean, this guy is a ATM when he's catching big. <laughs> um, you know, I know no one wants to step in front of Oregon, but this Cal team, their defense limits explosive plays, you know, top half of the country in both explosive run and pass rate. Um, and Oregon's defense, I thought Dan Lanning coached like a hell of a game last week. Um, he saw a track meet coming and, you know, he tried an onside kick early in the game to, you know, catch UCLA off guard. They stole a possession, basically. They knew a shootout was coming, but also because I think he knows his defense is very suspect. Um, UCLA still put up 30 points. They still went up and down the field on them. Six and a half yards per play. Um, Oregon bottom 40 in tackling per pro football focus, 88th in red zone touchdown percentage. So again, when teams get in close, they are scoring against Oregon. So I think Cal, you know, can Jack Plummer sling it a few times, put up like, you know, 
get in the end zone four times? I think so. I think that this Oregon team might be a little fat and happy after getting a top, a top 15 win there last week at home. On the road, this is where you want Justin Wilcox. Over 17. You know, I know there's some 17 has some 17s out there. Um, I think Cal could keep this close. I mean, they moved the ball last week against Washington, especially in that second half. Um, I'll, I'll expect them to keep it closer, keep it within earshot, we'll say. Um, so, yeah, I'll stand in front of the Oregon wagon for a second straight week. So there are, trust me, that's two, like, really vile bets there. So let's get that recap graphic up there. Uh, ben taking Temple, catching 13.5 against Navy. And I am taking Cal plus 17.5 against Oregon at home. Um, yeah, go Bears there. Uh, back to some Big Ten stuff, though, because, like we mentioned, we are Big Ten guys. Uh, you can see the Wisconsin helmet behind me. I don't see anything for Ben Indiana related. I'm sure there's something I can't see. Um, something behind Ben Indiana related, but yeah, two bad teams this year in college football. Um, let's see, maybe we could talk about some, eh, maybe not some better teams, but Ben, let's talk some Michigan, Michigan state. We kind of hinted about the Wolverines, um, and their college football playoff pursuit a little earlier, but you think they're going to run into some trouble this week against Michigan state? Maybe not like upset alert, but you know, this is a big number. So let me hear about it. Yeah, 22 and a half right now. And again, you kind of have to shop around. There's still a handful of sports books that have it at 22 and a half. Otherwise, the number has moved towards Michigan State at 22. I even saw one that was at 21 and a half. The Wolverines in this particular matchup, just historically under under uh, under Jim Harbaugh, have not covered well. And they don't cover these types of point spreads against Michigan State. Um, going even further back in this rivalry, it's only happened one time where they've won as a three-touchdown favorite um, in this matchup. Michigan State has had a, a rough season to this point, but that game against Wisconsin, I, I like Michigan State to be live in that game, um, and they, they ended up coming back and uh, getting it done in that matchup. Rally gained some confidence, are, are coming into this game against Michigan after a bye. Um, you know, Wolverines don't necessarily have a, a look ahead on their schedule for at least a few weeks after this, it's Rutgers and Nebraska coming up, but, you know, similar to how Indiana was able to cover against Michigan. I, I think Michigan state can do something similar And Indiana. You know, this is, is not a particularly good team, but they forced some turnovers. It was JJ uh, McCarthy's first turnover of the season. Uh, the, the Spartans still have uh, moments and opportunistic times where they will force turnovers on defense. They can still generate some pressure um, Michigan is, is a sound, fundamentally, you know, strong team, but it's usually in the second half where if they have a lead, then you can pin your ears back on defense and really start to build it up. But if Michigan state keeps this thing close in the first half, they're going to hang around in this game until eventually the, the more talented team starts to win out. So I think the Spartans follow a similar format to what Indiana did, which was attack McCarthy in the middle of the field, try to generate some pressure force a turnover and then run the ball like that. We're able to do that more effectively uh, against Michigan, against Michigan, Penn state, not able to do that uh, from before. So I, I like this opportunity for Michigan state history says that this is a cl closer game than most people expect in a rivalry matchup. I think 22 and a half is too many points on the road. Yeah, it's a lot of points. Also, Michigan state's starting to get a little bit healthier off the bye. Uh, maybe a team that could turn around their season um, off that, like you said, like off that win against Wisconsin. It's a big number. Uh, I don't know if I'm rushing to bet Michigan at over three touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to take another underdog here, though. Uh, I'm going to take Nebraska catching over a touchdown, seven and a half against Illinois. Illinois has been a great story. I mean, if they didn't let that one drive up to your Hoosiers in week one, Ben, we're talking about uh, an undefeated Illini team uh, heading into the second half of the season. But now they're in a rare spot as a favorite. I mean, 
you know, they haven't been expected to win with margin much this season. I mean, you look at Chattanooga, Wyoming, sure. But in Big Ten play, I mean, they were laying three and a half against Iowa a few weeks ago. The biggest spread they've laid in Big Ten play. They won nine six. It was gross at Iowa in that game. It was vile. Um, now you're getting Illinois. I mean, just a few weeks ago, they were catching nearly a touchdown against Minnesota at home. Now they're going on the road to Nebraska. A team all They're both off a bye. So I think, you know, negate that. You know, you're going to Nebraska over a touchdown. I think Nebraska can be the best offense that Illinois has seen this entire season. Um, Illinois' offense is not explosive whatsoever. They're outside the top 100 in explosive pass and run rate, not out of the top 90 in yards per play. And I know this Nebraska defense isn't great. They just left 40-plus to Purdue. But I think the offense can match them with Casey Thompson. I think that they're going to stretch the field vertically, something that Illinois hasn't had to deal with all season. So getting over a touchdown with the Huskers at home – uh, I like them off the bye. I mean, this team is showing more fight, you know, off the firing of Scott Frost. I'm not saying, you know, I actually think, yeah, I think they can win this game outright, honestly, just with the way their offense could go. Again, it's a change in situation. Like if Illinois was in, you know, in a pick or something, yeah, I trust them to establish the run and keep this game tight and win late. Now you're expecting a team to win with margin, something they haven't been expected to do all season. No way. No, no shot. Uh, I like Nebraska here. Again, Nebraska winning this game would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, we're going to talk later. Underdog round robin, Nebraska on the list. Uh, we'll, wow. we'll save that one for later. Yeah, I, I think Nebraska is a live home dog for sure. Again, this is again Illinois was catching nearly a touchdown two weeks ago at home against Minnesota. Now they're going on the road and uh, laying over a touchdown to Nebraska. I mean, Zach Shake and I. I mean, your dad's an alumni alum. Tell your dad his alumni uh, is losing this weekend. So. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Uh, let's let's get that Big Ten recap graphic up, and we'll talk some Nebraska. All right, we'll recap there. We got Nebraska. I'm late taking them plus seven and a half against Illinois, and then Ben is taking Michigan State plus twenty two and a half against Michigan. Little bro gonna cover against big bro uh, this weekend. Really, really quickly, Reed, just but before we move on to the next one, is is this a Mickey Joseph? If he wins this game, he he sticks around for a little bit, or you think you do a full on? coaching search at the end of the season. They still, I think, are going to try and go big game hunting. I, I think so. I think that, you know, Mickey Joseph isn't a big enough splash. That's still, that's like such a desperate fan base. You know, it's, I don't think Mickey Joseph is going to do enough for them. I guess the only way, and I know that there's like some chaotic uh, Big Ten West scenarios. I guess if they go to the Big Ten Championship, sure, I'm not sure how likely that is. If it's likely at all, I honestly haven't really been, I just know Illinois at the top. There's so much chaos on the line, but um, I think that's the only thing that could win him this job. I, I don't think he's going to get the full-time job there. Um, he's, so they're, 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 uh, two and two in conference. So they're sitting, I guess, one game behind Illinois, but Illinois, the one loss came uh, against the big 10 East team, um, in Indiana. So again, you have Illinois Purdue at three and two Nebraska two and two. So yeah, there's, there's still a chance. It's, it's, yeah, those, they're, they're live. There's a lot of chaos scenarios. Nebraska winning this week would make it like even crazier. Yes. You know, I know Illinois has the leg up, so we'll see how that goes. But we're talking more underdogs right now. Uh, this is kind of like the theme of the show the past few weeks. But, uh, Ben, you're looking weeknight. Uh, it kind of gives it away with the segment on what side you're going to be on. But Washington State, Utah, this is like picking between my two sons here. Washington State, I was bullish on them before the season. Utah, you know, they're all, I always have a soft spot in my, in my heart for them. Uh, you like Wazoo, though, to cover it over a touchdown. Let me hear why. I, I do. And, and just before we get started, Reed, I, I read your article over at Betside. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you are on the uh, the under 55 yes. and a half in this game, correct? Okay. I don't so have a bet like, yet, but that's where I would lean. I lean towards it. the Wazoo side, though. Okay. So just like before, unders can often favor the underdogs, especially mm. at home. I also remember you taking Washington State to upset USC, which again, didn't happen, but I, I like the play. And USC, like Utah, very strong offensively. But I, I think this is a great opportunity, especially in these weird Thursday night games, for the Cougars to, to take hold as more than a, a touchdown underdog at home. Um, and Utah's also been kind of fortunate with a few of their wins this year. You think about the overtime game uh, in that comeback the other day. Um, they also don't look good on defense right now. According to covers, Utah is allowing 7.4 yards per play against the four best offenses that they face this year. They also rank 114th in FBS in pass explosiveness. I like Washington State in this environment uh, with the Thursday night matchup uh, coming up th this week. It just sets up very well um, because they're they're a team that keeps games close. They battle. And, and Utah, again, just it feels like they've had so many ups and then got back down. I, I don't like the inconsistency of this Utes team, even though they have the talent on offense. I think Washington State should be able to control this game. I don't know if they're necessarily like full-on live, put all your money on it. But I do like them to cover the eight and a half, and I'm certainly going to sprinkle a little bit on them at plus 240. Yeah. Uh, this is a Washington State team that has been punching up above their weight class this entire season. You know, this is a team I was bullish on before the year. I'm on their over win total. Um, I am a little nervous, though, with injuries to their skill position players, Renard Bell and Nikia Watson, running back. Uh, Bell's a wide receiver. Watson is a running back. Got to see if they're both back. Uh, Watson's huge for them. A Wisconsin transfer, actually. He's been huge for them to help Cam Ward out in pass protection. I don't know. I think, yeah, this game could be probably tighter because Utah's question marks on defense, but it's also Whittingham off a bye, um, you know, extra prep time. Not sure. 
I don't know. I probably because I like the under. It probably means I like Wazoo. Got to dig a little bit more into this one, but I don't hate the look. Mine a little bit short of an underdog, but I do think that they are live to win as well. It's Louisville. Um, I got it to plus five. It's not a plus four. This is the last buy point for me. I make it inside of a field goal. Both teams have seen uh, each quarterback a ton. These teams both know how to beat the other. Malik Cunningham for Louisville. Sam Hartman for Wake Forest. I mean, just the past two years, um, you know, each there's been a team that goes over forty. Um, Last year, Cunningham, 300 passing yards, four total touchdowns. Uh, they lost on the road on a last-second field goal. The year before that, you know, he only threw for 195, but had three total touchdowns, 24-point win. Hartman struggled that one. I think it was like 17 for 41 for like 250. So he struggled. So, you know, both teams know how to beat each other. And I really think Louisville's pass defense is going to be the key in this one, to slow down that slow-mesh-wake RPO offense. Um, their top 40 in success rate against the pass this season, top 10 in sacks. So, you know, slow developing uh, behind the line of scrimmage. I think the Louisville defensive line could get a push there. Um, and then they also have the cornerbacks to stick with Donovan Green, A.T. Perry on the outside. So I like Louisville here and Malik Cunningham to really run wild and kind of shock this Wake Forest defense. I'm still not sure where I'm at with them. Uh, you know, they left 36 points to Kadon Salter, a dual threat quarterback from Liberty, 51 to Clemson. Uh, they only allowed 21 to Florida State, who's a dynamic offense, but two missed field goals. Florida State had high success rate marks. So like, they were able to move the ball. They only scored 21 points. So, you know, Wake has been profitable as an underdog. Like we said, Clemson, Florida State, those are dog matchups. I think they kind of come back to earth here. I think that Louisville is live for an upset here as well. Um, you know, Cunningham's been really up and down, but I think we see a big Cunningham performance, especially, again, Wake beat them but last-second field goal last year. I think Louisville uh, has potential to – Hand them a loss. Definitely another game that's probably going to come down to the last possession. So Louisville plus four is my underdog pick for this week. So let's get that recap graphic up. We'll get some late night action. We'll talk some totals. Uh, ben, he's taking Thursday night football, Washington State, eight and a half versus Utah. Uh, good thing Ben is off on Fridays because he's going to be up late sweating that one out. Uh, and then I am taking Louisville plus four against Wake Forest, uh, another home dog there. Um, there's our underdog best bets. Now let's talk some totals, some late night totals, uh, you know, under the lights, I believe these games both start after 10, but Ben, you're going, uh, Madam West. I'm going pack 12. So talk to me about Colorado state, Boise state. This is, you know, people have been lining up to hear about this one. Yeah. That, you mentioned that, uh, I'm going to be up late Thursday night. I, I don't even know if I'm going to watch this game. I might just put the bet in and, and try to get yeah. myself a good night's sleep and maybe pay attention to the Thursday night game between the, uh, the Ravens and the bucks instead, and, and hope for something a little bit more compelling. I mean, Colorado state is, um, it's bad. Boise yeah. standing a 27 point favorite in this game, low total in, in almost every trend leading up to this game everything favors the under here colorado state's gone seven and oh this year in unders boise state four and three um after a loss which has been pretty much every game this season it's been the under for colorado state um everything just sets up for a, a, a rams team that just can't score and we're seeing a boise state team that uh limited to, to four or that, that gave up only 14 points last week and one of the better defenses in college football this year i think 43 even though it's a low total for college football standards and, and the Broncos still have some solid opportunities on offense. I, I just don't think they need to get there. They can take their foot off the gas pedal because the Rams aren't doing anything to be able to get and generate points on the board. I, I think this moves to, to eight and no in unders for the Rams this year. So 43. Yeah. It's, it's one right around that key number, but I, I don't mind it. I don't mind going under here just because I don't think Boise state, even though they have the talent, 
had to almost get this by themselves against Colorado State. I, I don't think they need to. I think they take their foot off the gas, and this ends up being like a you know a thirty-four to, to three type game. Yeah, uh, boys, it was kind to me last week, uh, upsetting Air Force outright. We had that on the early read. I agree with you though. Yeah, boys, I nailed that, by the way. I'm glad we won. Uh, Boise State, definitely a stock up team on offense. But again, like you said, they're probably going to have to score this like on their own. Like, you know, this looks more like something like 34 to three, like you just said, like, you know, lower scoring than this. I think Boise probably going to cover the fourth touchdown spread, but I don't know if they're putting up 45 points. So um, I agree with you there. Uh, Colorado State, Boise State under 43. No play for me just because that's a little too gross, but uh, I, can't, I can't fault the play. I'm going like the complete opposite way, though. We spoke about Oregon earlier. I'm not going to talk about the other side of that game, UCLA-Stanford. I'm going to take over 64 and a half. Again, another key number is 65. So 65 is a stop point for me. Play 65, that's it. Um, I think that this game could push 70. Uh, We saw the UCLA defense struggle last week. I mean, guys running wild just downfield, you know, running, rushing the ball, no push, you know, swing passes, everything was open for Oregon. Uh, More than seven yards per play, 45 points. The Stanford team that likes to play fast too, you know, top 40 in plays per minute. They run this RPO offense with Tanner McKee. I think that they're going to be able to move the ball against um, Stanford's going to be able to move the ball against UCLA. I am Pac-12 play UCLA, 32 points uh, to UCLA, 32 points to Wa- or to Utah, sorry, 32 points to Washington, 45 to Oregon, 17 to Colorado. But we know how bad Colorado is on offense, so throw that out. I think Stanford is closer to the other three than they are to Colorado. Um, and on the other side, I mean, Stanford's defense is just absolutely terrible. I don't know how they up only 14 points to Arizona State and uh, under 20 to Notre Dame. Stanford, 98th in tackles for loss, 100th in red zone touchdown percent. So, again, team getting in close. They are putting in, in for six, not for three. Um, bottom 10 nationally yards per carry. So, Zach Charbonnet, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I think they're running wild. This looks, to me, like a 45-28 type game. I think UCLA probably covers. They take their frustrations out a little bit. But Stanford, I think, is going to move the ball a little bit against a you know kind of underwhelming UCLA defensive front. So I'm going to take the over 64 and a half there. And, yeah, those are all our segments. We got a few more bets we want to get to, but let's get that recap graphic up. A few totals for the late-night action. Uh, Ben's taking the under 43 in Colorado State. Boise State, I am going, like, the complete other way and taking over 64 and a half in UCLA Stanford. There's our late-night action. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How, how bad is is football in the state of Colorado right now? I, I know worst that Air Force state, worst state in the entire country. Worst it, state. It, it it's brutal between the Broncos and the Buffaloes and then the Rams. It, thank goodness for Air Force for at least making it somewhat interesting. But yeah. there's a whole lot of bad football. Air Force is underwhelmed this year. Their Air Force is kind of drawing dead in the Mountain West now. They were the projected favorites. I know a lot of people are on that. So, um, yeah, let's talk some best of the rest. So I have. To I have like four quick hitters I want to get through, but Ben, I know you have some underdog round robin questions, so 
Maybe let's rattle off a few of those. We'll do like two minutes on that, and then I'll hit my I'll hit my four remaining bets, and then we'll get to some questions. How about that? So that's, that's, I know you have a list there. So what? Just hit open fire. Hit me. Okay. All right. Putting together the last couple of weeks, been fortunate to have four of these five hit. Last week, uh, took Minnesota uh, against Penn State. Obviously, that that, that didn't work out with uh, their quarterback injury, but. Yeah, I, I've, I've, it's been effective in, in targeting a handful of uh, mid-afternoon games and then a few hammers uh, on some of the later games. Uh, not the, the late-night games, but sort of that evening, 6.30, 7 o'clock Eastern tip-off. So I'm following the same formula for this week. It also just happens that the matchups work out in that favor as well. Uh, I like to go money line underdog round robins here. Again, I, I typically like to go three out of the five, sometimes four out of the five. I feel like the matchups are set. So here's where I'm leaning this week. Reed, and tell me if you think I'm off base on any of these. We've also talked about maybe one or two of them as well. I like Tulsa, the short home dog against SMU this week, UCF at home against Cincinnati. I just realized that, that all five of these games are, are short underdogs at home. Didn't even realize that mm-hmm. um, when I was putting this together. Uh, it's gross, especially on the offensive side, but UMass, against New Mexico State, like them to be able to get it done on the money line. You mentioned Louisville as a team that uh, you like as one of your favorite underdogs. They're at home against Wake Forest. And then this one is probably the the grossest one of them all because everything about them makes you want to go the opposite way right now. Um, I certainly prefer the coach on the other side of the field just as a guy that I feel like I can much more want to root for than Jimbo Fisher. But I will take Texas A&M laying points at home against an Ole Miss team that uh, finally got humbled a little bit after an undefeated start to the year. So Tulsa, UCF, UMass, Louisville, Texas A&M, there's your Moneyline underdog round robin for college football week nine. Where where are the weaknesses in, in, in this uh, in this round for this year, for this week? Probably UMass because they're terrible. Um, and then Tulsa, I'm a little – I want to know more about the quarterback situation – I weirdly think if it's going to be the back of Preston Stone who finished um, the SMU game against Cincy and nearly let it come back, Tanner Mordecai was in concussion protocol. I actually think that um, if they go to Stone, I like SMU a little bit more, probably at a reduced price. So I guess Tulsa, I think Tulsa is pretty terrible to be honest with you. But in terms of UCF, I love UCF. I'm going to have a bet in on UCF for sure. That's a team, you know, that's a spot I had circled. There's a team I had to win the AAC. Lost last week, made it a little bit trickier, but I think they beat Cincinnati and they get back on track. So uh, give me the Knights and John Reese Plumley to run wild against a fraudulent Cincinnati team in my eyes. Uh, Louisville is what I mentioned. AM, I have another bet on them, so I'll get into that. I can't back this team. A lot of question marks. All, three offensive linemen were ruled out for the rest of the year. A few freshmen were suspended. I don't know if I can get there. Ole Miss still has a few things to play for. They're banged up also. So I guess it's like AM money line, but like, I don't know. I have a bet on that. I'll get to, I guess right now, that's kind of the last one I've written down. But overall, I ain't Ben. You know, I'm a huge advocate. I mean, for anyone who watches the show and knows the bets, I bet a lot of underdogs. I think there's a lot of variance in college football where you could cash in on live underdogs, especially, you know, you see teams favored by like 10 points. I probably shouldn't be. Um, I know yours are a little bit shorter this week. You've sent me the other slips, and, like, I know that you're back in, like, plus 200 underdogs. I mean, of course, like, you could get crushed. It's variance, but, like, if you play the variables, you know, you could end up coming up way ahead here. I mean, so backing underdogs, especially money lines, I they happen every week. You got to just know which ones are live. And looking at home underdogs, it's a good place to look. So, you know, I think you have a few, you're, you're on the start of something. You know, the foundation's being built on your round robin. It is only Tuesday. So I think that there's, a, you know, there's something cooking there. 
Yeah, there's there. This is very much a first draft. As, as yeah. many of you remember from your days in in high school, college, you write a paper, you got to go through it a handful of times. Is what we do here over at BetSided. You know, we might have something, but you got to give it another pair of views and uh, make some changes, and then hopefully you you send it out into the world and you feel pretty good about it. For sure. Okay, so I got four more bets I want to give out really quick. Uh, big game in the Big Twelve: Kansas State, uh, Oklahoma State. Kansas State was kind of destroying TCU early in that game. I thought, all right, my, my horn frogs, uh, they're, they're in some trouble here. Uh, Adrian Martinez got hurt in the first drive. Didn't matter. Uh, Howard came in the backup experience backup looked great. He got hurt. The third stringer, that was kind of the end of it. He was a mess. Howard ended up coming back in. We haven't heard much about Martinez. I think Howard's good to go. I think he like hurt his shoulder, but then came back in. So I imagine he'll be good to play. Um, I obviously like Martinez, but Kansas state minus one and a half is a bet for me. I will be adding with further confirmation, maybe like add a big favorite in there with them. But Kansas State, this Oklahoma State defense, last week all anyone wanted to talk about was how Spencer Sanders' shoulder was hurt and they were catching nearly a touchdown against Texas at home. Now they're going to go on the road and be nearly a coin flip against Kansas State. I don't understand. Uh, You know, this Kansas State offense, top 10 in yards per carry. They have one of the most electric running backs in the country, Deuce Vaughn, five yards a carry, 100 yards a game. He's amazing, honestly. And this is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State defense middling an EPA per rushing yards per carry allowed. So I think Kansas State at home, Chris Kleiman is a stud. 26-14-1 and one against the spread since getting to Manhattan. 10-4 and four as a favorite since getting to the Little Apple. So I like Kansas State as small home favorites. Next up, North Texas plus 10 against Western Kentucky, going from like a huge game in the Big 12 to that. Uh, uh, UAB should have been in Western Kentucky. Dylan Hopkins, their quarterback, got hurt on like the first drive of the game. UAB fumbled it three times in their own territory, had a just a gut-wrenching goal to go interception in the end zone. Um, and Western Kentucky held on to win by, I think it was like three. Um, I think North Texas, they could challenge the Western Kentucky air raid. They have a decent secondary. They're top 20 in um they have top 20 in yards per carry on offense, top 20 in sacks allowed on offense. So Western Kentucky, I think that they're gonna allow some points, and North Texas could keep it within one uh possession here. So North Texas plus 10. Um, Ben, you were just talking about AM Ole Miss. I played the under 55 again, key number 55. Anything below wouldn't like it as much. Maybe drop it down to like a half unit play, but AM's offense is just terrible. 18 points per game this year. They haven't scored more than 30 now in over a year. Um, Jimbo Fisher has no idea what he's doing calling this offense. Three offensive linemen ruled out for the rest of the year. It looks like Haynes King is going to go, which makes me like it even better because I know he's terrible. We don't really know about the five star freshman as much. Um, Ole Miss offense, outside the scripted plays last week at LSU, not so great. They're up 14-3, ended up losing 45-20. to So, yeah, that's not great. Um, banged up running backs. They're a run-first team. Ulysses Bentley, the SMU transfer, he's been in and out of the lineup. Zach Evans, he's probably going to be limited again. So, under 55 is my play there. And last one, TCU. The team total isn't available yet. It is projected to be around 38 30 team total over 38 is a play for me. We've bet this before. We will bet it again. Hit it in every game. West Vaughn has allowed 38 or more in every single big 12 game, including 50 or more against Kansas. Uh, their defense outside the top 100 pass success rate. Maybe West Vaughn can hang with TCU this week. It's a potential letdown spot. But that being said, the Horn Frogs offense is going to get their quota. West Vaughn is going to have to outscore them like they did against Baylor two weeks ago to get the win. So, um, yeah. TCU team total over 38. When that comes out, that's going to be my play. Um, so, yeah, there's a bunch of bets. We'll get the recap graphic up in a sec. But let's get some questions here uh, from the comments, and then we'll get out of here. We will start with um, 
We're checking in the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State draw from the hat scenario. Uh, ben, you're a Big Ten guy too. I saw this like floated around. I think it's if Penn State beats Ohio State this week, and that which we neither of us think is really going to happen, but let's right. go with it. Uh, and then Michigan beats Ohio. No, and then Ohio State beats Michigan in the game uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Apparently, there's a draw from a hat scenario where the Big Ten champion goes based on how the hat is drawn from the Big Ten East. I am not sure how real this is. I guess I'd love to see it. I, I have an Ohio State future, so I guess I don't really want to see it. But, I mean, Ben, you know anything about this? I, I, I haven't heard much about it. I'm surprised. I suppose it's theoretically a fair way to do it, but why not? There's so many other factors that can be used as a means to justify who the proper Big Ten East champion should be besides drawing a name out of hat. I mean, we can talk about strength of schedule. We can talk about the ability to um, have, you know, the, the better margin of victory there. There's, we have, I don't know. I don't know how true this is. I, I it can't be. I have, it's I have not, it's asked, fun, but I have asked a Michigan alumni that I know for a fact knows the answer to this question. Um, and hopefully he will give me a live response as I'm texting him right now. So we will get to our next question. Then hopefully we'll get back to, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard anything regarding this actually being a scenario this week. So anyway, um, anyway, we'll get back. I'm, I'm waiting to get an answer here. I feel like the dots are like, probably just like flashing on your phone right now. Yeah, I'm trying, I, he, is, he is answering the text. So <laughs> Okay, so anyway, another one we want to talk about. We didn't get to this one. It is a big game in the SEC. Tennessee playing Kentucky. Josh Grossman just wrote Kentucky. I imagine that means he's taking Kentucky. I don't hate the look at Kentucky. To me, it's Kentucky or pass. Um, sorry, <laughs> trying to get an answer to this tiebreaker thing. But I think it's dog or pass for me. Kentucky, this is a team off a of bye. They are getting healthier. Will Levis has been injured in and out of the lineup. Uh, their star quarterback. I think Kentucky... You know, I wish it was 14. I think it's now drifted inside. I think it's closer to 13. Stepping in front of Tennessee is tough, but I do think Kentucky is a team on the upswing. I mean, they suspended Chris Rodriguez for the first four games. You know, off a of bye, Levis healthy. I think that they could keep this close, especially with Tennessee. You know, is this team going to slow down? You know, just maybe like looking ahead, you know, you got George on the horizon here. At home, you know, Kentucky's ranked and they're going to get their full attention. But, you know, is there a chance that maybe, you know, Kentucky, who Mark Stoops, again, I wish I had, um, you know, I could look this up. But Mark Stoops against the spread as an underdog is money. So I don't hate the look at Kentucky. It'd be dog or pastoring. Ben, any thoughts here? Uh, maybe lean towards the over. It's gone 11 and one in Tennessee's last 12 home games. Uh, every statistical trend is basically leading towards the over in this matchup. Uh, they're 4-0 in their last four games following an against the spread win. Um, and then also, if you're looking for it on the Kentucky side as well, uh, they're six and one in overs in their last seven games when they allow less than 275 total yards in the previous game. So a lot of times it's flipping onto what was typically been a solid under team in Kentucky with a good defense, but they're leaning over here. And, and I certainly understand why. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I said, Levis finally getting healthy off a of bye week, maybe kind of round into form a little bit. So I, I don't hate the look there either. Um, Okay, so from my Big Ten source, shout out to uh, the good friend Bob here. Uh, he says, if Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all have one loss to each other, so that would be Penn State beats Ohio State, Ohio State beats Michigan, and then, of course, Michigan already beat Penn State. Um, the winner is the team who played the harder crossover. 
So the combined conference record of the three West teams they played. So that would be, that's too much for us to do right now on the show. But the hat scenario would come in only if that also was a tie. Ah, okay. So All right, it so is the, a tiebreaker the of another tiebreaker. They might as so, well just call this the, the rock, paper, scissors format. Exactly. Because, right? It's like, like in Friday Night Lights where they all have to meet at the gas station and uh, yeah. you know, do rock, paper, scissors for it. Or no, they did the coin flip. They did the coin, coin flip. flip. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, this is this is what it is. Like Michigan yeah. beats Ohio State. Ohio so, State is rock, paper, I, scissors. Yeah. So to answer Henry's question, no, probably not coming into play. But I guess, you know, people can root for things. I don't know what the time, I don't know what the strength of the schedule thing is. I guess with everybody being so clumped up in the West, I guess it could be potentially uh, everybody all tied up, but we'll see. Maybe uh, next week I'll come in with some questions, I guess, depending on if Penn State beats Ohio State. But let's have that full recap graphic, and we'll wrap this up here in case you missed the start. But Ben, he is on the Ohio State-Penn State under 61. Temple plus 13.5 against Navy. Michigan State plus 22.5 against Michigan. Washington State plus 8.5 against Utah. And Colorado State, Boise State under 43. And then for me, I am on also the Ohio State Penn State under 61, Cal plus 17 and a half against Oregon, Nebraska plus seven and a half against Illinois, Louisville plus four against Wake Forest, UCLA Stanford over 64 and a half. And I threw a few more in there. Make sure you just rewind a few minutes uh, to the best of the rest. And that'll be all our picks for this week. Ben, thank you very much for coming on. I will have a bunch more bets in the rest of the week. You can check that out over my bet stamp at RW33. While you're here, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. We want to get to a thousand uh, subscribers here over at BetSide so we can keep doing this great work for you. Big shout out to Joanne Woodcock behind the scenes, the best in the business. And until then, have a great week nine. Then it's double digits. We are off to week 10 college football. Best of luck, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.